Well, hello, and welcome to another edition of the e-commerce evolution podcast. I'm your host, Brett Curry, CEO of OMG Commerce. And my goodness, am I excited about today's episode. I've had the privilege of chatting with our guest multiple times, and I can tell you a couple of things. One, she's very bright, very intelligent. She's a hard worker, and she's doing some amazing, mind-blowing things with her e-commerce brand. And so you're going to get the inside scoop. You're going to see how she's built this company, what her superpowers are, and what you can learn from her. Hey, Brett Curry here. I've got an important question for you. Where will your next big idea come from? Where will your next big breakthrough come from? Or where will your next little tweak or little improvement come from? Have a suggestion. Check out our guides and resources at omgcommerce.com. Are you looking to enhance your YouTube ads game? We have two of the best YouTube ad resources that are completely free. Our YouTube ad examples and templates guide and our guide to getting authentic video customer testimonials. But it doesn't stop there. We also have guides on how to maximize sponsor brand video on Amazon and Amazon DSP and Google Shopping and a variety of other things. So get these free guides, give them to your team, even share them with your agency. Just take advantage of these resources and up your game. Let OMG Commerce help. And now, back to the show. I'm just absolutely thrilled to welcome to the show Miss Adi Arizini. And so, Adi, welcome to the podcast, and, and thanks for taking the time to come on. Of course. I'm excited to be here and share all the golden nuggets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, just a quick teaser, you know, you are an influencer, uh, marketer extraordinaire, and, and you go beyond that because you know all about your product and about getting people healthy and, and feeling the best they can possibly feel. Uh, and so we're going to really dive into that. But before we do, what what is your quick background? Like, what, what was your journey to, to becoming an e-commerce superstar? Well, I did not know or think that I would ever be in the e-commerce world ever, um, because I didn't grow up necessarily being, uh, you know, one with the computer life or, or anything of that sort. Um, honestly, I, uh, I graduated high school at the age of 16. I got out as quickly nice. as I could because I wanted to um, just go work full time. I didn't go to college. And from a young age, it was like very clear. I had been working since I was nine years old that I needed to work in order to make money in order to survive. That was what was necessary. I definitely didn't have an, an easygoing upbringing. It was very much focused on working and surviving the best that I could uh, for me and my mom at that time. And when I uh, finished high school, I worked all different kinds of jobs. I worked in at a postcard marketing company. I worked as a waitress. I worked as a nanny, did anything that I could to make my rent. And at the age of 19, I decided to join the army, <laughs> which was completely, was something that I wanted to do because I felt already at the age of 19 that I was run down. I was working 40 hours a week, paying my bills and not really going anywhere. And I was like, I need to, I need to take a break. I need to go have some sort of other experience. So I joined the army where I became a fitness instructor for combat soldiers in the artillery unit, which is basically like 
you get to tell boys to do push-ups and crunches and jump over walls and like what could be better, right? You have yeah, like 80, and, and 80 men like, in front like of you. Artillery, right? those are those are the grunts, right? And, and love, lovingly calling them grunts, right? But that's that would be the category. Yeah, definitely. It's not the same as um as infantry, for example. So they're a little bit different. And I loved what I did, and that's when I got really um I got really aware of fitness because I myself was a terrible runner. I wasn't in shape and going through the military boot camp became in shape and, and had a really big admiration for fitness and, and health because that's what I had to do for two years. I had to teach it for two years. And through that process, I actually ended up during the army developing terrible digestive problems because the food in the army, I would like to say like it's prison food or like it's just, it's big cafeteria food. You're not eating, you're not cooking for yourself. You're not eating fresh vegetables necessarily. And over the two year period- It's just like they're, they're was, just trying to pack you full of calories, right? Not, not without mm-hmm. a ton of regard to, is this the, the best for you? Not only that, but you have to think about, they have to make food for two to 3,000 people at a time, three times a day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So they have to choose things that they can make in bulk. And that's not going to be necessarily always the healthiest or cleanest option. And um, my stomach just started having terrible digestive issues. I became really addicted to coffee, uh, where without coffee, I couldn't really go to the bathroom. And you know, anyone listening will know that it's become a lot of Americans' daily routine. Like you drink your morning coffee and then you have your 10 a.m. poop. Like that's how it is. It's and so yes. it's just what it is. Like yep, I, yep. I have to be real about it. And um, that was fine, but it became so bad that I I just became addicted. I was drinking five cups of coffee a day at the age of 21. And it was really messing with my adrenals. It wasn't necessarily stimulating my digestive system anymore. And when I finished the military, I was really looking for a natural solution to my bloating, digestive, and gut health issues. Because at the age of 22, 23, I looked like I was five months pregnant or like a blown up balloon at all times. And nothing I was doing was working. So that's really the pain point of what I was trying to solve for myself. And then I, the, the whole story is that I actually did end up solving that problem for myself by teaming up with my business partner, who's still my business partner today. And our route to market was online because who would trust a 23-year-old to go to like Whole Foods and sell my product? I didn't know anything. So right. going online was almost like the only option I wasn't a strategic option necessarily. It was like, I, that was what I was going to do because I could do it. Got it. And Got it. that's really what started that, that direction. I love it. And so, so the name of the business is, is Teamy Blends. And so you want to talk a little bit about, you know, where, where the name came from and then kind of what, what are your core products and, and what are you guys best known for? I know you've kind of, you've set the stage where people can probably guess what your claim to fame is, but I'll talk to that a little bit. Well, the name Teamy, I think that uh, we were going through lots of different names at the time, and we knew that we had this detox program that was made of tea, and we needed to incorporate tea into into it somehow. But we didn't want to choose some sort of like lame name that would also box us into a category, for example, like honest tea. It's just very old school and very, it will box you into something. And I was more looking at companies like Apple that I was like, well, Apple sells computers and iPhones and they're not really limited by their name or by their company to what it is that they do. 
And I wanted to choose some sort of like small, short, iconic name like that. So we came up with the word teamy, which was like tea for me. And um, it was super lucky that we did that because it allowed us to expand our brand into what it is today, which is a true lifestyle brand that creates both wellness and skincare products infused by the health benefits of tea. And so we did start with the gut health as the main thing. And then we came out with these tumblers that you can drink your tea on the go. And three years in, we saw that we were going to get capped because the, the, our main best-selling product, 90% of our sales were coming from that product, which means that if that product becomes untrendy or for some reason, uh, people don't want it anymore for any reason, our entire business disappears. And so I knew that we had to expand into different areas. And I knew also that making more tea blends that didn't necessarily solve a specific problem weren't strong enough products to to carry the business if something were to yeah, happen. Yeah, then to you're just competing skew. with with stash teas or or another or or, or Tazo teas or something mm-hmm. like that, which is difficult to do. So so I love that. And I think that's such great advice for someone starting a business or looking to expand or, or start their next venture is yeah, build name it in in such a way that you can expand upon it because you know, one of the hardest things to do, and we'll, we'll pivot to this next, is building community and building trust and getting uh, people to really want, you know, to listen to you and want to buy what you have to sell. And so getting in a situation where you can really only sell one thing is, is pretty dangerous, pretty risky. And, and so you guys did a, a great job of setting yourselves up from the beginning and then, and then you know, extending and expanding uh, from there. Thank you. I appreciate that. I mean, it really did save us in the end because you know, how many times can you market that one product to that one customer? It really does mean that you churn and burn your customers at a faster rate than if you had 20 different products to offer them or 50 different products. If they really had a great experience with the product that they tried, then they will trust you to try the other product. So we as a company have a a really high uh, return customer rate and just brand loyalty because we have so many things that they can try and, and they really feel part of the of the brand from the inside. And it really gives you an opportunity. And another great point about this is it gives everyone an opportunity to buy the product they're most likely to say yes to because some people aren't tea drinkers, right? And I know that the tea is not about tea, it's about the detox, but still some people are like, right. hey, I tea, I don't like it. But they mm-hmm. may really be attracted to your skincare product and that's easy for them to say yes to. But then after they get to know you and they watch some of your videos, they may think, Okay, okay, I'll try I'll try the detox tea because a D says it's amazing, so I'm gonna do it. Um, right. So yeah, it happens smart. so you have no idea how much um, crossover we get. Somebody comes in and and you can see that their first purchase was the detox program and their second purchase ended up being a skincare product. You know, what the what the connection is between the two, we don't know. We just know that the person now trusts us because they had success with something or or they tried a skincare product and then they, they bought our protein powder because that's what it is that they needed. They wanted that next. They already trust a brand. And instead of having to do research and going to find another brand that they don't yet trust, they order from us, which is really cool. Love it. So, you know, we're going to get into influencer marketing in just a minute because that's something you're fantastic at. But let's talk a little bit about building community because another uh, one of your superpowers, I believe, is just your your ability to create a video that's educational and people like immediately trust you and they want to listen to you. 
what are what are some of the the keys to building community and what are some of the things you guys have really gotten right from that aspect? Mm, good questions. I think that this is one of the key things that um, make you a brand or some sort of like what e-commerce seller selling stuff. It's like the main difference um, when someone says like they want to start a brand, I don't know if they really understand how much you have to invest in the people that are buying the products to actually make you a brand. Just because you're selling something online does not mean that you have a brand. And a brand is something that is recognizable and it's somebody that someone can see the the logo or the or the product and they know what the, the brand is about. So with using Instagram or YouTube or social media, you have to be able to go to that platform and see what the brand is about. And you have to have a combination of education and fun and engagement and your products. Because if you're only showing your products at all times, it's really hard to stand out from the crowd, right? What makes your skincare different than all the other skincare out there? Yeah, totally agree. And it's one of those things where I think some people want a brand just because they want the the fame or the the glory that comes with having a brand, but they don't realize how hard it is to build a brand or what that means. And it actually means like obsessing about your community and listening to your community. And I think I think one example, um, you know, you mentioned Apple before. Obviously, they're they're very good at branding in, in a lot of ways and they obsess over things. Uh, Nike is also very good at branding. And and think about even some of the stuff they've done if we talk community. You know, they, they've taken some social stands recently that wildly popular with a lot of their audience and not so popular with other decent-sized chunks of their audience. But they really don't care because they're focused on... They don't care about those that are, that are not supportive of, of their stance because they know their market, their core market. They know them, they love them, and they, and they support them. And so I yeah. think... You know, one, one of the things that it seems like you do this really well, one of the keys to building a brand and building communities is listening, like listening and knowing what your community wants and then delivering it and delivering it authentically. So any, in, any in thoughts on what, break, how you've done that well? Yeah, go ahead. Yes. In order to put that into layman's terms, how do you listen and how do you actually execute on everything that you just said? This was something that came naturally to me and I saw it as a I could say a superpower. This is, I've been working on Instagram for about seven years with our brand. And Instagram seven years ago was nothing like what it is today. So the thing that I would always do is I would always communicate in a way that I would be talking to a person right in front of me. So that is something that people just miss. They just miss that. So if I was writing a caption or or communicating to my audience, I would communicate to them like I would communicate to you. Like, hey guys, so I've been thinking about something. And then I would talk to them about it. Or I would ask them a question like, are you having, um, how many times are you going to the bathroom a day? Like be honest. And, And really talk to them in that way. And Did you get a lot of response in, to that question? Like, was that a question people were cool answering? Absolutely. One of our best like Instagram captions is like bathroom talk, you know, because <laughs> that fantastic. is no, yeah. no one wants to talk about it, you know? Right. And um, that kind of com- communication, uh, which is asking questions very in a, in a clear, authentic way. And then 
we have a customer service team. And this is, again, how I built the business from the ground up because it was my policy and then I put it into my business, which is that every single comment and DM must get answered immediately. So we have people that their jobs are answering Instagram comments. And we have shifts. We have a day shift and a night shift and a weekend shift. And they answer those comments and they answer DMs. And that aspect of it is what what built the community because they're getting not only like amazing responses, human responses, not bot responses, not VAs, real people that know our product, Someone will come in and ask us, what do you recommend? I'm, I'm a mom. I just gave birth and I'm, I, I feel like low in energy. What do you think I should do? And then they can actually recommend via the DM products and link them to those products. And people will ask us all sorts of stuff. And the fact that they are getting a real human response and it's not a short response, it's a thought out response. Every time it's a unique response, that has been major. And we've been doing that, you have to think about it for seven years. So, and that's still part of the core, you know, operations. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and really, yes, yeah, seven years ago, even a couple of years ago, most companies weren't doing this. And now there's even a, a word for it, right? It's conversational commerce, where now that the the, the connections and those conversations we're having on, on social media and through chat and through SMS and things like that kind of replaces what used to happen if someone came into your corner market and you could could chat with them. Uh, but you mm-hmm. guys are really, really pioneers as far as that goes. And if you think about that, yeah, someone responding, a brand responding to your question in the moment when you're late at night, you're mom, you can't sleep, or maybe you're just nursing your baby. And so you type in this this question and then they respond immediately. Man, how powerful is that? Like, that, you know, that you want to buy from that company at that point. So, um, totally. so that's awesome. Any other comments on that? And if not, I want to move on to uh, influencer marketing here pretty quick. Um, I think the last thing about building a community is to know that you have to be really consistent. We post on Instagram every single day for the last seven years on stories in our exclusive Facebook group. And we show them how much we appreciate them. That means that we're not just like, we appreciate you. Like we show them, Uh, we give them VIP exclusive access. We create excitement. I ask them questions, guys, what product do you want me to make next? And they'll tell me, and I will go and make that product that they told me that they wanted. And so that communication, the asking and the delivering, I'm not just asking for the sake of asking, but I'm asking for the sake of doing and executing on. So they trust me and they trust the brand because they've seen us expand over the last seven years from detox to um, to skincare, to wellness and so on. Yeah, that's so awesome. And that, yeah, you quickly lose trust if you say, hey, tell me what you want to hear more of or what products you want. And then if you ignore that or don't act on that, it's like, we're not, you don't really care, you know? Uh, So many people do it. So many people do it. They're like, what do do you want to see from us next? And, you know, I never see that from them next. (laughs) You know, I never see it happen. Yeah. Yeah. And which, you know, when you do deliver like you guys do, one that that just builds the community, makes it stronger, makes people feel like, hey, a D and, and her team are, are connecting or, or, or delivering and then they're they're listening to me. But then also people want to buy, right? Like I said, I wanted that, you delivered it, now I'm gonna buy it. And, and totally. so that, that's super powerful. Well, let's talk influencer marketing. This is another one of your superpowers. You guys are amazing at this. You built the business on this. As a quick reference, uh, for those that have not listened, I recommend go back and listen to the Sean Frank episode, Sean Frank from Ridge Wallets. Uh, that episode's getting some traction and it's being talked about in some forums. 
uh, e-commerce fuel and some others. Uh, so that's a great like overview of, of how to do some influencer marketing. But I think what we'll do here, Adi, and you actually volunteered this, is let, let's maybe go step by step a little bit into how you run influencer marketing and, and may, maybe kind of set the stage, like what influencer marketing has meant to you and what platforms you run influencer marketing on. And then uh, after that, we'll kind of get into some, some tactical stuff. Sweet. So I want to be very, very clear. Uh, in, in, influencer marketing has been and still is the number one traffic driver of cold sales and traffic to my website, period. Um, it is the thing that I figured out because I wasn't a uh, digital marketing nerd in the sense of uh, Google or Facebook. Those things, they seemed too expensive. And at the time, I just, I wasn't there. And I was like, what can I do? What, how can I spread the word about my brand? And I had to figure out something that seemed doable to me. And seven years ago, I saw Instagram was being used very in the beginning stages uh, for product placements. But what I saw was being done really incorrectly was um, people would pose with a product and they would say, hey, I'm using this, go buy it. And the the companies, they were choosing influencers based off of how many followers they had or vanity metrics, uh, likes, comments, and not really finding out which influencers actually had influence over their audiences. And what that meant is in the beginning... Such a key point, not all influencers actually have influence, right? And Um, I know this, we've learned it the hard way, you know? Um, And at the time, people were mainly using models to send skincare and wellness products, which is totally wrong because the models have male followers. So it just... Has, it has no value. It builds no trust. It just looks cool for a second. And um, I just started going down rabbit holes and in Instagram and finding actual influencers, which now are very, they're very clear to see that there's different groups and niches of types of influencers. But still today, we have to go and we have to find the influencer and vet them to see that they're actually influential. And we do that in a couple of different steps. And um, that's just an overview, but I would like to just mention to everybody that this is still the main uh, driver of our business. We have a team of eight people in-house that this is their job 40 hours a week. And and not only that, I want to double the employees in 2021 for how many people do it. Eight full-time people want to get to 16 Mm -hmm. next year. That, That is phenomenal. Um, so, so let, let's break that down then. And, and yeah, we'd love to actually hear the steps of, of how, you know, how you identify if someone actually is an influencer, but is that the first step or is there something you recommend doing first as you're getting started with it? The first step is what is your product and who is the, in, what is the type of influencer that would influence your product? So in regular marketing, you could call that an avatar, right? So it's like, who's your influencer avatar? Like who is your person? So for us, for example, um, people that work really well for us. Like let's say someone's on a wellness journey. There's a lot of influencers that they track their progress, right? Of their journey to wellness or their journey to their goal or, or whatever it is that they're doing. They might also be a mom. They might be a nurse. Like they, they might be this person that's on their journey to live their healthiest life, right? Now, 
that person would be a really good person to include our detox program in their journey because their followers are already know, they already know that they are on a wellness journey. And so for them to be promoting a wellness product doesn't seem strange, right? Um, you have to be the product that your influencer is using has to be native to that influencer. If it's not, then it it also will upset their followers and it will not create purchases. And I can give you a specific example. Um, when I was first starting this seven years ago, I started working with a lot of food accounts because food accounts had tons of followers and their videos would get tons of engagement. And I was like, okay, great. Maybe we'll just have this recipe and we'll have the food next and we'll have the product next to it. And they're going to mention it and, and then just no sales. And I tried it out with many different accounts, no sales. Another kind of niche was yoga instructors. Nada, it just didn't work. It didn't resonate with our audience. And I did a lot of testing and I figured out who was the right person for me. So the first thing that you must do is find out which kind of group of influencers will represent your brand. And it has to like go in specifically with them. Like even fitness instructors, like really mega, like high-end fitness instructors, only a specific amount of them will work for us because they, the people that are following them are following them only for fitness advice. Yeah. Does that makes sense? Really interesting. It's so fascinating. And I think one really important lesson here is, you know, you could, you could get started on this process and identify some influencers you think would just be perfect. You try it, it doesn't work. And then you say, ah, influencer marketing does work for my business. Exactly. You know, I think really it's just that you you haven't quite identified who the right influencers are and where someone has to be in their journey to, to mean they're likely to be a customer and um, that they're, you know, going to take the advice of an influencer. I kind of see like on, on the food side of things, like a, like a food influencer where maybe somebody's following that just because they like good recipes and they like to cook and maybe they eat healthy, but maybe not. Uh, still, I think it was totally smart to try that. Um, the yoga instructor one, that's a surprise to me. I, that, that one seems like that would have been a, a slam dunk for you guys. Um, and any theories on why, why that didn't work? You know, a lot of the time, this is seven years ago. Um, so a lot of their content was videos about yoga. And anything that was not a video about yoga, like a specific uh, posture in yoga, it was it would upset their audience. That's mm. the thing is that, so what we started doing, one of the things that I noticed is, okay, um, accounts that post selfies are accounts that will do well with our products because they post that kind of content. Um, and so we found that accounts that don't post a lot of them of themselves in a selfie format, they have a hard time representing products because how can they show that they're using that product to their audience in an yeah. authentic way? But to make this uh, more simple to people listening, you need to create an Excel sheet. And the first thing that you do in an Excel sheet is you create tabs at the bottom. And this is an old school way. I have a much newer newer modern way, but it's a software that I use internally that I created internally. It's not something that I that I sell or anything. So anyone that needs a simplified free way, this is how you would start. With an Excel spreadsheet or a Google sheet, you would have five tabs at the bottom and each tab would be a different group. So it would be like fitness, yoga, you know, whatever it is those five groups are, marketing, whatever that is. And you just try 10 in each group. 
and you put their names in, in the column. And once you've identified this is the person that I want to work with, you reach out to them and you reach out to them by doing two things. You email them and you DM them at the same time. And you must do both. So you email them and in the email, you must not use a template that is very long and that doesn't make any sense to the person that you're communicating with. You do need to take a minute of your time and actually go research that person and say something in the first line that will communicate to them. And that doesn't mean like, hey, Brett, I saw that you love marketing. You know, like yeah, yeah, that yeah. doesn't, that doesn't. Yeah. Or I love that. your website at URL here. I'm like, yeah. okay, yeah. No, or like, Brett, as the CEO of Oh My God Commerce, you know, like OMG Commerce, you, you need to actually say something that will mention something real. Like, hey, Ashley, uh, my name's Adia Razzini. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Teeny Blends. And I love that you have three kids. Your son looks so cute in the post on Wednesday. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. You need to be very specific in what you say. And it really only takes maybe five minutes, right? Yep. So yep. maybe yeah, I've five had, minutes. And just like a quick follow-up on that. I have people reaching out about the podcast a lot. And sometimes I'll have people say, hey, I love your podcast. I really love this episode. And it's whatever the most recent episode was. And I'm always like, okay, uh, hard yeah. work there. But I do like it when someone says, man, love the podcast. I listened to this episode. And when you and so-and-so were talking about this, that was amazing. And I'm like, okay, this is real. Like this person really took yep. the time to email me. This is not a, a template. Right. And that's just like 101 sales, right? The rest of it can be a template, but the beginning needs to be real. And um, once you've reached out to them and you've DM'd them, to, hey, Brett, I, D I, I sent you an email. I'm really excited. I really want to blah, 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 whatever it is that you're going to say. So you message them, you email them. Once you have them interested, you then need to sort out if that person is somebody that you're going to pay a flat fee or you're going to pay them commission. So we have two teams within our influencer marketing structure, a commission team and a paid team. Um, which is something that's re really important for new people starting out. I would not pay anyone a flat fee until you know which accounts work and don't work. You need to build confidence in your ability to gamble because it's a gamble, right? Is, yeah. You're seeing all these metrics, whether they're on YouTube or Instagram. How do you know who to pay $1,000 to and who not to, right? It's, it's, it's very questionable. So the only way that you're going to find out so, so is stick by to commission-based first only. until you get things figured out. Right. So that's what I did. And through working with hundreds of commission-based people, which again, I would start with 50, 10 in each group, and then go from there. I realized, okay, good. This account made me 10 sales. That was $500 in revenue. And let me go find more accounts like this account and see what happens and see what will happen if I pay them $100 for a post. Will they still make $500? And, and you're able to kind of like go in and take risks in that very conservative way in the beginning. So again, back to the Excel sheet. You have listed them. You have contacted them. You have to follow up. This is again, 101 sales. Um, I use a shortcut called Boomerang, uh, which is a yeah, Gmail shortcut. I highly recommend it. I Boomerang almost every email that I send out because I send out so many emails even to my employees, I want to make sure that the person responds to me. Whatever it is, even if it's not influencer marketing, I'm like, hey, can you make sure to do blah, blah, blah? 
I want to make sure that I get a response. So I always make sure to boomerang it back to me, like send it back to my inbox if the person doesn't respond in X amount of time. Um, that ensures that you're not wasting your time sending out all these emails and hoping and crossing your fingers that someone will respond because that's not going to happen. Yeah, or, or relying on yourself to remember, right? To remember exactly. and follow up. And so Boomerang is a great tool that, that takes that off your plate. Right. So you're going to Boomerang these for a week later. And if they don't respond, send them a follow-up. Boomerang it again for a week later. I probably I usually follow-up follow with someone. And that follow-up, that second time you reach out, you're doing that DM and email as well? Um, usually yes, but mostly via email at that point. Um, just because it's a little bit faster. Um, and once you do get somebody to respond, you're like, okay, great. This person's doing commission. I'm going to offer you free product and 10% uh, commission. And then you need to also um, have some sort of agreement on what they're going to be doing for you. So if it's Instagram, is it going to be a feed post? Is it going to be stories? Is it feed and stories? What is it going to be? And you kind of tell them this is what you want them to do. And then they agree to it. Only after they've agreed do you send them product. You don't send out your, your product, your cost of goods, just blind, blindly. A lot of people do that. And they just you're just losing product without any follow-through, without any agreement with the influencer on, on what's going to happen. Something that's very specific to Teamy that not a lot of companies do is that we usually lock in three to four kind of deliverables in the beginning. So it's not just posting once and then it's over because, you know, the first post might not get any sales. We need to try something else. We need to kind of see how it goes. And that goes back to creating the community, which is creating that relationship. And you're not just, you actually care about the influencer as you would care about a customer. You're building that relationship with them. And the more that you build that relationship with them, they feel a personal connection to the brand so they'll do you favors. They'll, yeah, they'll yeah. do you favors. They they love working with you, you know? You, you feel like a good um, partner at that point. And, and, you can, and they can tell that you're interested in their success, their audience's success, but their mm -hmm. success as well. And so when you're kind of framing that, are you saying, you know, once they kind of give initial agreement that, yeah, they like to work with you, then do you say, okay, great, here are like the three things we recommend you do, that you, that you do a, a story and a post like this. And then like, do you, you spell that out pretty clearly or do you kind of yes. let them do what they want to do? No, we, we spell it out pretty clearly, specifically on Instagram and on YouTube. We're like, okay, we want a two to three minute inclusion at the beginning of the video, at the middle of the video, something like that. And uh, this is kind of a trick that I, I have our girls do um, internally, which is when you are, when the person's getting ready to post the influencer, it's really good to give them examples from their own content about what you want them to do. So go to Love their that. Instagram yeah. page and say, here are three posts from your page. Do exactly like this because sometimes the influencer can get scared or stuck. Like, oh, how do I promote this product? Like, how should I do it? Be like, do it just like this. Or here are three YouTube videos from this minute to this minute. This was amazing. Do something like this. So you're actually controlling And I love that you're giving it. examples from their content. I mean, I think it's mm -hmm. one thing and you can give examples probably from other influencers and that would be useful too. But from their own content, that's brilliant. Because it's their people. It's their followers, and you would be you would be shocked at the difference between a post that fails and a post that succeeds from the same influencer that we have worked with, the same influencer getting paid the same amount of money. One succeeds and one fails. Why? The content. Like, the content 
did not resonate. It just wasn't good. And that's when we started having to, uh, anyone that's paid, we have to approve their content, especially on Instagram beforehand. Because if I'm going to pay them $1,000 for a post and I can see that the content is not good, I'm not going to pay them that money. I need them to retake that video or retake that video, uh, that uh, picture. So yeah, once you have gotten their content and it has been posted, which again, you're following up like, hey, so how's next Thursday? Ready to post? Like it's a lot of like trailing and tracking and controlling the process from reaching out to following up to getting them to agree to sending out product to then getting them a time and date that they're going to post and getting their content. If they're a commission, I wouldn't even bother to vet their content first. I wouldn't even bother to do that. Yeah, it doesn't matter, right? It's just just, uh, takes up too much time at that point. Especially if you're doing it at scale, which we are. Um, But you must give them a code. And with that code, you're going to track their success. And so it's like a last click basis. And you are tracking their codes. And through that, you can say, wow, this influencer had five codes used. This influencer had 10. This influencer had zero. And start to put together some common denominators Mm -hmm. why... Some don't work and some do, which is how I know that food doesn't work and yoga doesn't work, but girls with curly hair work, but girls that shop at Target work and people on wellness journeys work. So that's how minute. I know. Uh, why the curly hair? You, you've piqued my interest. Uh, n- no idea? No idea. There's, <laughs> there's a whole... Be, I can tell you why, actually. Um, girls with curly hair... Um, whether it's African-Americans with curly hair or uh, Caucasians with curly hair, curly hair is like, oh my God, what do I do with my hair, right? So if you have an influencer that is talking about the products that she uses for her hair and she's recommending those products, her her audience then goes and buys those products, trusts those products, uses them, has great results, and anything else that that person recommends is now trusted, right? Interesting, so, interesting. Like, that, that's when so you great. have a yeah. problem... When you curly hair accounts, they are targeting people that also have curly hair and have similar problems to them. Same as wellness accounts that are on a wellness journey. Their followers are also on a similar journey. And so when they're recommending things, it makes sense because they they are looking at someone who's tried and done it. So curly haired girls are great recommenders and at anything. They can recommend anything. Yeah. Super, super interesting. Um, great. So, so then, then what, what's the kind of, what's the next step in the process? After you have seen results, then it's rinse and repeat for that same niche. So you need to find out who was that person, what about them specifically, and you will find thousands of other accounts that look just like them and you need to work with them. And I, I call it within my own company, we call it like flooding, flooding that niche. You need to make sure that every influencer within the curly hair girl accounts uses Teamy. And it becomes this like loop where everybody sees Teamy in that one group. And so that's what we do. So for example, like we are currently, we're working heavily with keto accounts. So that would make sense for our product. Uh, They can use our green superfood powder. They can use our tea that, you know, is keto friendly. And we just work with a ton of keto accounts, whether they're YouTube or Instagram, and we just kind of flood that niche. And then when we feel like we're done, we kind of move over to another niche that's similar to it. Maybe it's gluten-free. 
Yeah, that's that's so great. And so, any are there any tools that you recommend to make this this easier? Like, what what are some of the? I know you, I know you guys are so serious about it. You built your own internal software that you guys use. But any any tools for for tracking for reaching out? I know we've already talked about you know using spreadsheets for keeping track and using Boomerang uh, to remind you to follow up with somebody. But any other tools you can recommend? Those are the free tools. Paid tools could be uh, Grin is a platform that's pretty popular right now. It's a great way to to seed and find influencers. But again, if you don't know what keywords you're searching for, you're going to have the same problem as if you were checking it on your phone. But it, if you do know the right mindset of what is the group that I'm trying to find and who would that, what would that influencer put in their bio? You can also search by keywords in someone's bio. But you have to have the mindset first that before using a tool, any type of tool. And then something else that we use a lot uh, is Slack or Asana. And we do that too. We use Asana um, for our influencer team because you want to see where that campaign is at at all times. So once you've gotten Ashley's commitment that she's going to post a Wednesday at 3 p.m., whatever that time is, you put it on your calendar. And then you follow up with that with that person that same day. Hey, Ashley, it's a DAT me. I'm so excited for your post today at 3 p.m. It's very, very monitored. So you have to be willing to do the work yourself and then train someone else to do the work for you. Um, I would hate to burst someone's bubble and tell you guys that it's super, super easy um, and that it's like very automatic, but it's not. Once you figure it out, you then train somebody else to do it and you can scale by having multiple people in your company do it. But it's not the same as paid ads. You know what I'm saying? Totally. Yeah. I mean, this this is very much a process. It's a system. You have to think, you know, the, these influencers are, they're, they're either really busy because maybe they have a job and they're doing the influencer gig on the side or or maybe they're a little bit of a prima donna and an influencer. And so like they, they're, and they're, or they're creative type. Like they don't, they're not, their priority is not your promotion and your post necessarily. And so you got to make it as easy as you can for them. I love those reminders. And I can tell just by the way you're framing it, all those reminders are upbeat and they're positive and it's not like nagging or anything like that. It's just Mm -mm. helping. I'm going to help make this easy for you so that you can win, we can win, your audience can win. And yeah. you're leaving nothing to chance. We also uh, have, yeah, nothing to chance. You control it. You, you are in charge from start yeah. to finish. We also had, you know, a, a creative solution recently. Like if you're going to be working with someone, let's say they're an Instagram account, and um, you did their first post and you want them to do a story mention and you want them to give their, their community a, an update about that product that they're using, but they respond and they tell you, oh my God, I'm on vacation and I left the product at home. I don't, I don't have it with me. We recently thought about just another solution. You just can take it from your archives and be like, hey guys, remember when I was talking about this product three weeks ago? Mm-hmm. And you can pull it from your archives or show it. Um, and you can authentically update your, your followers without having the physical product in your hands. So yeah. we found all these sorts of solutions for kind of things that influencers will tell us on why they can't do something. And we'll be like, oh, well, we totally understand, but here's something that you can do. And we always kind of find solutions like that. Yeah, that's awesome. So so uh, sounds like Instagram and, and YouTube, those are the, the two main platforms where you're looking for influencers. Is that right? Um, yeah. Any, any differences in the way you approach the two? I mean, I'm sure a lot of the outreach and some of that is the same, but but any differences in the two platforms? 
Um, the main difference is, is that YouTube takes longer to close a deal and to get the content up. And we have a lot more Instagram than YouTube because of the speed of it. Um, but YouTube is incredible. It gives consistent sales um, for longer periods of time, even when you're working with the micro or the macro. Um, but YouTubers also tend to price themselves a lot higher than Instagram. And so it's a give and take. We have a blend. I definitely want to be focusing a lot more on YouTube in 2021 because I would say we have maybe like a 70% Instagram, 30% YouTube right now. And that's just not because we prefer Instagram. It's just we've been on it longer. And a lot of the celebrities that we use uh, or big influencers don't have YouTube. They're like just Instagram people. Uh, but we are branching out into YouTube as well. I definitely recommend doing both. Yeah, totally makes sense. I think, and I think that's a great way of positioning it with Instagram. You're going to be able to find lots and lots of influencers and pretty quick to get an influencer to create some content, right? Creating an Instagram story can, can be very fast, but YouTube content's a little different, right? There's a, there's a little more production time. It's usually longer content, but it also lasts longer. It's more of, you know, and it may just get stronger and stronger over time because of the way Google, uh, YouTube's algorithm works and and ranking, right. keyword ranking and stuff like that. So um, that's that's fantastic. So uh, anything else that we haven't mentioned that, that's going to be next in your approach to influencer marketing? Like anything you're you're really excited to, to test next? Something that's maybe not too top secret? Yeah, I, I think we really haven't dove into TikTok very much just because we haven't had enough staff to do it. And TikTok right now doesn't have like a really easy way to to have codes, like we can, we wouldn't be able to track that person's uh, code very well. We could see traffic to the website from TikTok, but being able to like add an affiliate code and all that stuff. So I think that in 2021, we need to try TikTok with, after adding more staff and being able to just spend time on it, that's one of the things. Um, but one thing I did want to mention is, you know, someone listening could be like, this is so much work. I'm definitely not going to do it. Like, what's the benefit of this? The ben the added benefit aside from the traffic to the website and purchases is name recognition. Um, I could tell you that so many people, no matter if my business is doing well or not well internally, I will see people and they'll be like, oh my God, Timmy's killing it. I've been seeing, <laughs> I've been seeing you guys everywhere. And so yeah. that has a benefit. It's PR, you know? It's huge, and, yeah. And, and I love yeah. how you're going deep on one category, like like keto or those on, on a fitness journey, because it's kind of one of those rules where, kind of the rule of if you hear somebody three times, it's like everywhere where you, know, you see you see one influencer talking about a product and you may think, oh, that's, that's kind of cool. I like that. Uh, and maybe I'll try it. You hear two people talking about a product and you're thinking, Man, this this is like pretty popular, but you hear three people talking about it. You're like, hey, they, they're everywhere. Yeah, Timmy is yeah. everywhere. I've seen three different influencers talk about them. Yep. Yep. So yep. that's been kind, of, and we like can really flood people's feeds in any way, shape, or form, and it, it has created a, a brand for us that I don't think that without influencer marketing that we could have become as big, as known. Um, I got, we, three years ago, got into Ulta Beauty. We're in every store in Ulta Beauty. Wow. They they took us because, because of our of social the, media the power, yeah. presence. Yeah. And they're they're like, wow, you guys have a brand. And they and we see that, you know, when, when Ulta is running a promotion on our brand for Thanksgiving or Cyber Monday, and we send people to Ulta.com, 
they see an increase in their sales and they're very happy with us. Um, so it provides other opportunities. It provides opportunities for me to be on podcasts with you because Absolutely. we, yeah. we ha- you know, and, and things like that, um, that our brand, I don't think would have if we didn't have the exposure. It's a lot of exposure and it creates a lot of affinity for the brand. Yeah, I love it. You guys are killing it. I love your brand. I love your site. Products are awesome. Uh, keep up the good work. It's it's so cool. Uh, Adi, for those that are listening and thinking, man, I, I got I got to follow this more. Obviously, they they should go visit your site and and get on your list and buy your products and see what you're doing. It's a great way to learn. Um, so so talk about your website just really quickly, and then how else can people connect with you? Yeah, they can go to www.tvblends.com, which is our website. Um, they can go to at TVBlends on Instagram. They can follow me personally at, at Adi Arizini. You can really DM me, ask any questions. I'm, I'm here for you guys. And that's how to basically get in contact with our with me or our brand. Sweet. So I will I will link to everything in the show notes. So this will be available at omgcommerce.com forward slash podcast. Adi Arizini, ladies and gentlemen. Adi, that was so fun. You crushed it. This was uh, was awesome. Had so much fun. Thanks, Brett. Awesome. Thanks for coming on. And as always, thank you for tuning in. Uh, We'd love to hear more from you. What would you like to hear more of on the podcast? Uh, Where would you like us to go next? Do you have any guest suggestions or ideas? Reach out and let me know. And with that, until next time, thank you for listening. At OMG Commerce, we accelerate growth for some of the most loved brands in e-commerce, like Boom, Native, True Earth, Overtone, and dozens more. If your Google and YouTube ad performance isn't where it should be, if you're struggling with Performance Max, or if you're not scaling like you'd like on Amazon, then we have two ways to help. One, we have amazing resources that are free for the taking, like our top YouTube ads guide with lots of examples, our PMAX checklist, or our Amazon DSP roadmap, plus many more. Or hit us up for a free strategy session. So go on over to omgcommerce.com and click on Let's Talk to request that free strategy session, or click on Resources and Guides and pick the guide that's right for you. And now back to the show.